All right. Happy New Year. Let me hear from you. Happy New Year. So good to have each and every one of you in this room with us. And right now, I'm incredibly thankful that you're warm. Because when I got here at 7.30 this morning, the AC or the heat, the system in, in and of itself was not working. And this room was freezing. But Isaac Hackler got up on the roof with about five degrees and fixed it for us. So give it up for Isaac. He's back in the back right now. Thank you, Isaac, once again, that we are in a warm room together. Well, I do want to say welcome to all of you in this room right now. I want to say welcome to those of you watching online. And I actually want to celebrate something with you guys really quick that happened with our online audience. I got an email last week from a couple who said, hey, we've been watching for the last several months, but we haven't been able to come in person because we work on Sunday, but we wanted to let you know that we're ready to get baptized. And so can we give it up for that? And so we're going to be scheduling that for that couple to come and get baptized. It's awesome to see what God's even doing on our online church platform. And we're incredibly grateful for that. Um, I do want to let you know that if you are a guest and you're not in a hurry today, I'm going to be out at Next Steps, which is right out in the docks area when we're done. If you're not in a hurry, I really would be honored and grateful just to meet you. I uh, won't keep you. I just want to say hi and, and welcome to our church and incredibly grateful that you joined us today. But before we get started, here's, here's something that I want to say, and I want to recognize, even if it's just one individual in this room, I think it's worth me taking this time. I want to recognize that this Sunday is unique. And when I say it's unique, it's because obviously it's a new year, right? We're starting 2022 together, and it's not uncommon for somebody to wander through the doors of our church in the first Sunday of the year, and they're just trying to figure some things out. And so if that happens to be you, if you've happened to come here today and you don't want 2022 maybe to look like 2021, and you're not even sure about all this faith stuff, but you're just trying to figure some things out, I wanna let you know that there was a time in my life where I needed a church like this. I needed a church to figure some things out because I had made some really big mistakes, and I needed a place to welcome me, not to condemn me, but just to welcome me, to even give me an environment where I could maybe belong before I believed, and I wanna let you know this is that kind of place for you. You see, because of my own experiences in the past and going through my own personal mistakes and trying to find a, you know, find a place where I could figure some things out when it came to my faith and what God wanted for me, when God gave me the opportunity to start a new church, you better believe that I wanted to create an environment in a culture where people like you and me could come and just figure some things out, just sit, maybe even wrestle with God, try to navigate through the pain of your life and try to find some purpose in it all. This is a place you can do that. One of the things we say about Trace is, this is a place you can stop pretending, right? All of us are broken. All of us come, come through those doors today with a different broken story. It just has different shapes and sizes. And so I wanna let you know that your story is absolutely welcome here, regardless of how it reads. And I'd love to just pray for you right now, if that's okay. So before I dive in, let me pray. Father, I do just want to say thank you uh, for the opportunity to get up here and speak to someone that maybe is a little bit like me, somebody that wandered in here today with a broken story and not sure how you could even put those pieces back together. Somebody that maybe wandered in here today because they've ended up in a place in life that they weren't okay with and they're wondering if there's something better. And God, I have no doubt that you have something better for their life. And so God, would you just meet them? God, God, just meet them where they're at today and let them feel your presence in a way that only you can. And even if it doesn't have anything to do with what I say, that you would just remind them that you love them and that their story matters regardless how it reads. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Well, today we kick off a new series called Jesus, just so we're clear. 
And the idea behind this series is to look at several different areas of our life, of our faith, of ministry even. And what we're going to do is kind of take a deeper dive into these areas and determine if we need to reevaluate them, if we need to make a, a, a new assessment of kind of where we're actually at when it comes to different areas of our faith. And we want to do that through the lens of Jesus. And the reason I say it that way is because most of us, not all of us, but most of us in this room would say that we have faith. Most of us in this room would say, yeah, we believe in Jesus. But if we were to take an honest assessment of our lives, we would also have to probably admit that several of the areas of our life and the way that we live out those areas doesn't necessarily reflect that we believe in Jesus. Some people have suggested this is called Christian atheism. We say one thing, right? But we do another. And if you've been coming to this church for any amount of time, you know that I'm always going to push us, encourage us, encourage us in the direction of action. And if you've been coming here for any amount of time, you've probably heard me say this, that the best of intentions, we're, we're, which most of us have, especially in the beginning of a new year, right? We have the best of intentions and we need to make some changes but the best of intentions will get you at this exact same place at this, <clears throat> excuse me, at this exact same time next year being the exact same person. The only thing that will allow you to arrive in a new place with new priorities, with a new maybe found faith, with new disciplines in place, the only, only thing that's gonna get you there is action. Uh, let me illustrate it this way. Again, most of us, not all of us, but most of us in this room would say that we believe when our physical life ends here, when we close our eyes here for the very last time, that that's not the end. That we believe because of the promises of the Bible and the promises of Jesus specifically that we have hope in heaven, that eternal life, everlasting life awaits us. But if you look at the amount of energy and focus that we put into things like our own personal wealth, maybe the way that you approach relationships, maybe the way that you approach purpose, the, the way that we approach that, it looks as if sometimes we don't believe in an afterlife. In other words, it looks as if the amount of energy and focus that we're putting on all these things now, it's as if that that's all there is to obtain, that this is all that there is. And so what I'd like to do today is I'd like to challenge us and I'd like to remind us and I'd like to encourage us as we walk into a new year that there are some things that we probably need to establish, that we probably need to take a reassessment and make sure that we're looking at those things through the lens of Jesus. And so a question uh, that I'm gonna come back to a few times this morning, it's a question I think should be a reoccurring question in your own life, is what legacy do you wanna leave? Like what legacy do you want your life to leave? Do you want to leave a legacy that reflects a life leverage for your own personal benefit? In other words, it kind of looks as if this is the only life that there is and all that we can obtain and receive now is all that there is. Or do we want to leverage our little bit of time and our little bit of opportunity in a way that breeds faith, hope, and love in others? I want you to hold that thought and we'll come back to it. There are three specific things that I want us to look at today when it comes to establishing some, some clear focuses as we approach a new year together as a church. The first one is I want us to remove obvious distractions in our life because there are some obvious distractions in our life right now that are keeping us from living the life that God has for us now. 
I want us to look at a rhythm of developing our faith because a faith that's not being developed is a faith that will drift. And then the last thing I want us to look at is how I want us as a church right now to run with perseverance. So let me start with the first one, and I'll begin with this. Many of you uh, know that last summer I took a sabbatical. It was the first sabbatical that I've ever taken in my 15 years of full-time ministry. And if you're new to kind of church and all this kind of stuff, uh, pastors, people who do what I do after they've been in ministry for a while, we'll take an extended amount of time off just to kind of allow God to refill our soul once again. And I would tell you that although I wouldn't necessarily have said, hey, I need this sabbatical, I definitely was feeling a disconnect between me and God. And after leading through COVID, leading a church through COVID where no matter what decision I made, it made somebody upset, I just needed some time to kind of replenish. And some of you remember that. Some of you remember me taking that sabbatical. What many of you don't know is how many things went wrong. I had about eight or nine weeks off And the first thing that we were supposed to do on my first week off was take a cruise, which got canceled because of COVID. And it's like, all right, you know, we get it. That's happening to everybody. And so in its place, we decided to schedule a trip to Florida. In the first day of our vacation in Florida, I get a phone call that our three-year-old Labradoodle died suddenly. Um, If you've ever heard of a, a dog's stomach flipping or turning, that's what happened. It was a sudden death. And obviously to break that to your kids on the first day of vacation uh, is not the best way to start a vacation. So we come back after our vacation and we um, are back here in Colorado Springs and I've got a fishing trip up to 11 Mile Canyon scheduled with a good pastor friend of mine. We're going to be up there for three days. And so on the first day of our three-day fishing trip up in 11 Mile Canyon, I slipped on a piece of granite rock and slit my leg wide open. On the way to the emergency room, Um, On the first day of my three-day fishing trip, um, I get a phone call from one of our key leaders here at Trace who we had established a new ministry initiative around. And on my, this is on the way to the emergency room. He calls me and says, hey, I'm gonna have to step down. I just found out my mom has cancer and I've gotta be more available to help her out in this season, which I totally understood. We were supposed to end my sabbatical with a trip to the lake, and three days before our lake trip, the people that were hosting us, because it was a host family that had to be there to host us and allow us to stay in their cabin on the lake, uh, got COVID, and they had to cancel our lake trip. And if you're wondering what that sound is right now, it's the sound of my tiny violin as I sulk in all the disappointment from my sabbatical. Here's what I want to be clear. I really did appreciate the time off. I don't want to act like the entire time was bad. We had an incredible moments as a family, had some really you know, sweet moments with my kids, each of them, and my wife as well. But one of the reasons I tell you that is because after my wife and I were kind of thinking through all that had taken place and all that was taking place kind of in the midst of it, we determined that it was spiritual warfare. And I wanna be clear about this. I'm not that guy that's gonna find Satan underneath every stone that I trip over where it's like, oh, you know, I can't find my socks. Satan's after me, you know, I'm not that guy. But there was no doubt that Satan was trying to discourage me because even in the midst of all those unfortunate circumstances, I was pursuing God deeply. And I was pursuing him specifically on a couple things. One of them, most specifically on this one, was that I wanted God to renew my vigor and my zeal and my fervency to share and talk about Jesus with people. And you may be wondering, you're a pastor, like doesn't that naturally happen? Uh, You'd be surprised even pastors lose their passion. 
And there was a time in my life, and this is what I was wanting God to take me back to, because there was a time in my life that I prayed all the time, God, would you set up divine appointments for me? God, let me be available. If you want me to have a conversation with somebody about Jesus, no matter where it's at, let me be available. Let me speak into their life in that moment. I wanna be available. And there's people that come to this church that would tell you, hey, I'm here because Pastor Aaron bought something off of Craigslist from me and while he was buying it off Craigslist from me, he was talking to me about Jesus, inviting me to this church. I call it Craigslist evangelism. It works, I'm telling you. There's people who come here that were on the other side of a counter that I was just purchasing something and instead of just allowing that person to complete a transaction for me, I wanted to be available for the Holy Spirit and I talked to them about Jesus and hey, do you do the church thing? I just kind of say, you know, kind of nonchalant like that. Do you do the church thing? and talk to them, and there's people that have come here because of that and gotten baptized. There's people that I've talked to that maybe I was at a sporting event and you know my kid is playing with another kid and their parents are there and I'm talking to the parents and it's like, hey, do you do the church thing? Do you know what it means to follow Jesus? And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back at all, I'm just telling you that that's where I was. But by the time I got to my sabbatical, that was not there any longer. And I kept coming back to God and saying, God, would you renew that? Would you renew that passion inside of me, that fervency, that zeal to wanna talk about Jesus, to be available to your Holy Spirit anytime you need to prompt me and make me available, that I'm, that I'm aware of that. And every time I kept coming back to God with that request, I felt like God was saying the same thing over and over. And I never heard the voice of God audibly, but I felt like God was saying this over and over. Every time he would just say, Aaron, you know what to do you know what to do, and he was right. You see, there were some obvious distractions in my life that I knew were distractions, that I was just simply ignoring. There were some obvious distractions in my life that were keeping me from being available for the Holy Spirit like I once was. There were some obvious distractions in my life that I just kind of stiff-armed and yeah, it's not that big of a deal and it's not gonna make that big of a deal if I don't pay as much of attention to that as I once did and I allowed that to happen, became desensitized to that over an extended period of time to the point to where I landed at a place in my life where you might be today. Why is this no longer here? Why, why, don't, I, why don't I feel what I once felt? Why don't I experience what I once felt? experience. And to be clear, those distractions in my life were not sinful. They were just things that I knew. They were obvious. I want to be clear about that. They were obvious. Things that I knew that were deterring me from making my faith the foundation of my life on a daily basis. And even though they weren't sinful, it did remind me of a couple passages that I want to share with you today. In James chapter four, James says this. He says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. And then James says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and we will do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. To be clear, James is not saying you shouldn't have a plan. He's saying that make sure that your plan <laughs> includes God. Verse 17, remember, here's the verse. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do 
and then not do it. That was true for me. Let me show you how Paul says something similar in Romans. He says, but if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. Now the context there is for Jewish people who thought some foods were clean and some foods were unclean. And so that would have been their context. But the next thing that Paul says would be for all of us. He says, for you're not following your own convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, then you are sinning. And so one of the things that I wanna plead with you this morning, I wanna plead with you, and this is gonna sound even maybe a little bit weird, don't do what your pastor did. <laughs> don't not state the obvious. Don't overlook the obvious for so long that you become desensitized to the obvious things that are becoming obstacles between you and your heavenly father and his purpose for you now. Don't overlook the obvious, step into it. Step up to act on the obvious. And listen, we just have to acknowledge if we know there are obvious things in our life that are keeping us from fulfilling the purpose that God has for us now, and we avoid those and we don't act on the obvious, then we have to raise our hand, ready? And say, I'm foolish. And I'm saying that to you because I had to do that. As I was wrestling with God through the obvious things that I wasn't taking action on, I felt like God was saying, <laughs> Aaron, if you don't do something about the obvious, where do you think that leaves you? And the only word I could land on was foolishness. And so as we begin a new year together, Trace, can I plead with you to act on the obvious? The obvious things that right now you're already thinking about, the things that you know that are keeping you from fulfilling the purpose that God has for you right now. And because it's obvious, for some of you, you know, like you're already thinking, maybe you need to break off the relationship. Maybe you need to confess your dishonesty to someone. Maybe you need to give more money away because you know you're starting to tight fist it a little bit too much and it's becoming a little G God in your life. You need to stop looking at porn and you need to stop making excuses. Maybe you need to stop drinking for a bit. Like I'm not the guy that's gonna tell you if you wanna go have a beer or have a glass of wine, there's freedom in Christ to do that if you do it responsibly. But maybe for you, whoever you are, maybe you need to give that up for a season. Maybe you need to cancel cable because you know, even though you've found ways to justify where you've watched certain series or watched certain things, you know it's not helping your marriage and you know it's still not things that God wants you to see. So maybe you just need to cancel cable for a while. Maybe you need to confess a sin. Maybe you need to quit social media for a season. Whatever it is that you know right now, you can state the obvious. I'm just asking you, pleading with you, don't wait until you become desensitized to that. Act on it, because if you don't, you will drift. And you will find yourself in a place where you're wondering, why don't I feel like I once felt? Why don't I see things the way that God once helped me to see things? Why is my faith not where I want it? to be. By no means did I put everything in place that I feel like God probably wants me to put in place or the, every adjustment that I probably need to make adjustments with or on, but I did make several. And I came back from my sabbatical and maybe some of you experienced this last fall. Like I came back from my sabbatical feeling a healthy burden and a passion to lead this church into the future. And maybe you remember a statement that I said over and over that I, I'm ready to do everything I can to educate you and equip you and empower you to stand firm in Jesus 
where you live, work, and play because it always has been and it always will be about Jesus, just so we're, just so we're clear. It will only be at the feet of Jesus where you're gonna find redemption and restoration for your soul. It's only gonna be in the arms of Jesus where you're gonna find the healing that your broken and battered heart desperately needs. It will only be with, everybody say with. It will only be with Jesus that we'll actually leverage this little bit of time, this mist, as James puts it. It's only walking with Jesus that we will leverage this little bit of time and this little opportunity, little bit of opportunity that God has given us to make a lasting impact. So can I ask you again, what legacy do you wanna leave? A life leveraged for whatever you can obtain and experience only in this life? Or leverage your influence in a way that will leave an impact on those far after you close your eyes for the very last time? It's a mist. James says it's just a mist, just a little while, and then we're gone. James calls it a mist. We call it a dash. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If you're new here to Trace, this is our logo. It means probably more than you know. This first piece of the logo is a play sign. It's a call to action. It's a call for us to move forward, to take ground for the kingdom. It's a call for us to pick up the broken pieces of our life and hand them over to God and because we know that God can even take our pain and use it for purpose. One of the most beautiful promises in all of scripture comes out of Romans 8, that he'll use all things for good for those who love him and follow him according to his will and purpose for their life. All things, all your crap, all your baggage, everything that you're even hiding from others right now, in the hands of Jesus, God will take it and your fail failure will never be final. And so that's our kind of the front end of our logo. But this, this is the dash. The dash represents something tangible that we've been called to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. It's our on mission statement. That we're on mission to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. Jump back to that logo really quick, Rachel, if you don't mind. But this dash also represents something else. It represents your life. This dash represents that all of us have a moment in time where our life will be used and lived and leveraged in such a way that once again, will either be for our own personal gain and benefit, whatever we can obtain and experience now, or in a way that will impact others far beyond whatever time frame we have, right? Because we all have a time frame. We all have a time frame. All of us have seen these before. And even though every single one of us knows what date we entered into this world, very few of us, if any, know what date we're going to exit this world. But what we do know is all of us have a dash, don't we? All of us get a dash. All of us get a dash, and it's what we do with that dash it's what we do with that dash that matters. And so let me ask you one more time. How do you wanna use your dash? Do you wanna leverage your influence and the little bit of time and opportunity you have for your own personal gain and benefit? Or do you wanna leverage it in a way that will make a lasting impact? We don't know what that end date will be, but we do know that it will come. We know that none of us are promised tomorrow, which means, which means, we don't have time to not take action on the obvious. That's all I'm asking. 
as we begin a new year, that you would take action on the obvious. So we wanna remove obvious distractions and we also wanna create a rhythm of developing our faith because a faith that's not being developed is a faith that will drift. Let me build on this for a moment. Over the last six to nine months, we have had countless conversations. A lot of this came out of my sabbatical where I came back just passionate and fired up to lead this church into the future. And we had countless conversations. We even took a, a week retreat and prayed about what does it look like, like truly, tangibly, what does it look like for us to develop, to educate, equip, and empower you to stand firm in your faith where you live, work, and play? Because one of the things that I know is that as more time unfolds, it's only going to be, become more difficult for you to stand firm in your faith. Like if you claim the name of Jesus Christ, you just better be ready to be in, involved in a part of a culture that is going to grow in its antagonism towards those of us who claim Christ. It's just going to happen. And because I know that, as your pastor, I wanna develop you, I wanna educate, equip, and empower you, right? I wanna get you prepared for a life of standing firm in Jesus because it's all about him, just so we're clear. And so what does that look like? What does it look like for us to develop your faith? What does it look like for us to create a rhythm of developing your faith? And let me just say this one more time, and the reason this is so important is because a faith that isn't being developed is a faith that will what? Let's do it again. A faith that isn't being developed is a faith that will It'll drift. We won't ever naturally drift towards God. We will naturally drift away from God. I've been doing this job for long enough to tell you that if you don't have an intentional process, if you don't have an intentional process in place, you will, you will naturally drift away from God's purpose for your life. It'll just happen. And you need to know that as your pastor, I wanna do everything I can to keep that from happening. I feel like I need to take a time out. And here's why. It's possible. It's possible that there's somebody in here right now and there's a narrative in your mind, there's a conversation that you're having with yourself and, or maybe with me subconsciously and go something like this, but Aaron, you have no idea how far I've drifted. Like you have no idea how far I've drifted away from God. And so to think that I could ever be forgiven, the, the, to think that I could ever have a foundation of faith that would be the primary focus of my life, not me. I've drifted too far. To which I would say, welcome to the club. Let me, tell you, let me show you how Paul puts it in Romans chapter three. He says, for all, everybody say all, for all have sinned and fall short. Everyone knows. Maybe I fell a little bit further short than you and maybe you fell a little bit further short than the person beside you, but all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And all, everybody say all, and all are justified freely, freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ, which means no one, no one is too far gone to receive the grace of God. Can I get an amen this morning? No one is too far gone to receive the grace of God, which means no matter how far you have drifted, or maybe you didn't even have to drift, maybe it's always been just a total disconnect between you and Jesus and faith. No matter how far you feel like you are from God, the beautiful promise of what Jesus did for you on the cross is that if you will just turn around, you don't have to go searching. He's right there to meet you. 
And there's nothing that you have to go figure out. There's nothing that you have to go do because he did it all on the cross. You just have to accept that he gave up his one and only life for you so that you could be forgiven and so that you could walk in life today. So if having a rhythm of developing our faith is essential to us not drifting, then what does that rhythm need to look like? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna have them throw up a graphic up here and actually take off the graphic. Everybody's gonna start looking at it and I need to explain some things first. Um, after a lot of conversations, we've decided to break up our ministry year, our calendar year into two semesters. It's gonna be January through June and then July through December. And we have, we have prayed so much about this. It's like, how do we have an intentional process? What intentional process do we want to invite our church into? And we've determined that it's this right here. We're calling it a faith development plan because a faith that's not being developed is a faith that will drift. And so on our faith development plan, which is a magnet that you're gonna get today and you're just gonna throw it in your refrigerator when you get home, it's gonna have different things that we want you to make a priority. And so not only do we want you to go home and put this on your refrigerator, we also want you to put this on your personal calendar that you'll actually make these things a priority because we're putting a lot of resource, we're putting a lot of time and energy behind these things. One of the new things that we're doing on top of some existing things that we've already been doing is something called faith development courses. We're gonna do two of these a semester. And this semester we're doing one called Defending Your Faith in a Skeptical World and the Reliability of the Bible. They're gonna be three weeks at a time, so only three week classes, so not a huge commitment. Uh, But we would strongly encourage you to make these a priority because a faith that's not being developed is a faith that will drift. And so uh, you'll see on here, it's broken up into four categories, all church, next gen, stuff for our, our, younger, um, our younger people that come here to Trace. You'll see a lot of camps on there. We believe camps cultivate life change in Christ. Get your kid to camp. I'm telling you, get your kid to camp. Also, you'll see on here that it says rooted, but we're also including something called rooted kids. I've got four kids. Let me talk to the parents for a second. To think that coming to church once a week for an hour out of all the other hours in a week where they're likely being influenced by things that don't reflect the name of Christ and to think that we're, they're just naturally gonna turn out the way that we would hope, it's foolish, guys. It's foolish. And so we're just asking you to add one more hour to your kids' week and invite them to come to Rooted Kids. And our team, our Trace Kids team has put some incredible things in place for them to have experiences where they can make sure they're rooting their life deeper into Jesus as they walk in a world that's further away from him. So all church, next gen, women and men. And so you'll get one of these today. And uh, hopefully, like I said, you'll make those a priority. You'll put them on your calendar because a faith that's not being developed is a faith that will drift. Last one. I want us to run, I want us to run as a church with perseverance. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I wanna begin with Hebrews chapter 12 and show you something the author of Hebrews says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. You know how I would say that? State the obvious. Throw off the obvious distractions of your life that are coming between you and the purpose that God has for you. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run, everybody say run. 
Run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. If you're with us over our Christmas celebration together, you heard me talk about these two words particularly a lot. Consider him. In 2022, would you consider him? Would you consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart? Here's what I would tell you, and I'll close with this. Throughout COVID and all the different things that happened, and we're, we're right alongside of every other church that I know of uh, in this category of what I'm about to explain. Throughout COVID, I felt like we were limping, right? It's hard to, hard, hard to operate at your best capacity when you're trying to navigate a global pandemic. And so I felt like we were limping. As a leader, I was probably limping more than I normally do. I always limp. But I was probably limping more than I normally do. And I'm just ready to tell you, and I'm ready for you to kind of join me with this. I'm done limping. I'm done limping. And I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. I believe to the bottom of my toes that God has incredible things in store for this church. And if you've been coming here and you've experienced some of that life change and you've experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit, don't be selfish with that. There's thousands of people in this community that need to experience hope, hope in Christ. One of the, one of the greatest things that I get to do on Sunday morning is stand out front and greet people, but also stand beside someone. Some of you have done this with me. When you start, you come out there and you stand beside me and say, hey, Pastor Aaron, I'm waiting on my neighbor I invited my neighbor and they're coming with me. I'm waiting on my coworker. I'm waiting on a family member that I invited and they're gonna come and they're gonna join me. And I want to encourage you to be more bold with those invitations people need to experience. This church is not perfect, but I believe they can experience hope here. Don't be, don't be shy with those invitations. Be bold with those invitations and host them well. Take ownership of your church. This is your church. Be out there and greet them and host them. Come and introduce them to me if you want to. I'll try to have a breath minute so I don't have bad breath. Take them, go get them a cup of coffee, show them our kids space, let them come in here, introduce them to Tyler, our worship leader, whatever it looks like, host them well, because we believe they can find hope here. But that hope is on the other end of your invitation. I'm ready for more of you. I'm ready to run. I'm ready for more of you to experience. I'm spitting everywhere. You can tell I'm preaching when I'm spitting a lot. I'm ready for more of you to experience biblical community doing life with other people, which is why we're gonna do another group launch. During COVID, our group life got decimated, just to be honest with you, it was decimated. So many of our groups kind of fell apart for obvious reasons throughout that season. And we're gonna do a group launch here in a few weeks. I wanna prepare you now, be ready to jump into a group. You were not designed, you were not designed to do life alone. You were created to know and to be known. And I want you to think of the words of Paul when he says, carry one, another, carry one another's burden so that you fulfill the law of Christ. How can you carry a burden that nobody else knows about? So be ready for group life. I wanna encourage more of you to run. I'm ready to run. I wanna encourage more of you to serve. This is not an over-sensationalized statement. Every single one of you have the ability to make us better. Every one of you. Every single one of you have the ability to make us better. If you get, start serving in our kids' ministry, you have the ability to make a kid's experience better, a parent's experience better. Our cafe, give somebody a cup of coffee, smile at them, be on the greeting team, whatever that looks like. Every single one of you have the ability to make us better. So I'm just inviting you. Let's run with perseverance. The 
race that God has marked out for us, seizing this moment in time. None of us are promised tomorrow. All we have is a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity. Will you step into that in this new year with me? Let me pray for us. Father, there's something about a new year that just causes us naturally to reestablish some things to see if our priorities are in the right place, maybe to do an assessment of the previous year and determine we're not where we wanna be. God, I also believe this is an, an opportunity for us as a church to kind of take hold of the calling and the purpose that you put on us as a church. There's so much more work to do. There's so much more light that needs to be established in this dark world. God, I pray that you would show and convict everyone in this room to see that they can make us better You've already given them everything that they need to do what you've asked them to do. God, I pray that you would allow this new year to be a time where we would state the obvious, the obvious distractions that we've not taken action on. God, I don't want anybody to fall into the same rut that I did. I don't want anyone else to become desensitized to the natural drift away from you. But God, that they would take action on the obvious and begin to remove distractions in their life so that they can seize the purpose that you have for them now. So God, would you partner with us? Help us to step into this year with confidence and with the power of Christ. Father, we love you. Thank you for being a God that leans down to listen. We pray this in Christ's name, amen.